0: Michael Ranking is with us, senior market strategist here of the New York Stock Exchange. I'm glad you're with us. We were just talking with uh, Sarge, an old pal of both of ours, and uh, he was talking about being defensive and really holding on to cash rather than trying to make money. Um, what kind of strategy are you hearing people are using in this very difficult environment?
1: Right. And I think he's right. I mean, you know, clearly, everything out there is pretty gloomy, right, I mean, from, from what we're hearing from central banks. Uh, what we're seeing kind of in the U.K. in terms of, of the volatility mm-hmm. that we're seeing in kind of fixed income and, yeah. and, and currency markets. Uh, you know, so capital preservation is, is really, you know, as, as Sarge kind of pointed to, is, is really, I think, you know, kind of you know, the environment that we're in. It's not the kind of environment where you necessarily want to be you know, a hero and and, and super aggressive. But if you're a longer term investor, I think you kind of stick with your, you kind of, you you should be sticking with your kind of plans.
0: And we have a lot to discuss. I want to ask you about inflation and earnings and your outlook, but you do have an interesting chart here that goes all the way back. Um, Tell me a little bit about what we're watching for as far as seasonality and other things that are on your radar.
1: Right, so September was a really, really negative seasonal time period historically, and that's especially the case in years with a midterm election. Mm Right as we move forward into October and November, you know, we see um, some of the, the, the best return profiles throughout the year. So October, on average, since 1970, in years of a midterm election, has been up over three percent for the month. Mm. November has been up over two percent, and that's happened you know a little over seventy percent of the time historically. And actually, this morning, you know, Deutsche Bank actually uh, kind of expanded on some of that of some of that thought process. And if you look post World War II, uh, after the midterm election. The S&P 500 has been higher in every single year, right? Wow. And you know, one year later, and in the six months, Time frame, the, the average return was 13%. Right? So
0: that's interesting, and that would explain why a lot of the guys here have been talking about hoping for some sort of rally later in October. Um, because it, it has been tough, and we've seen markets now turn negative for the month to just join into the last three quarters that we've seen. Do you think that there could be actually some uh, knee jerk reaction to the PPI or CPI prints if they're starting to show um, a little less hot print
1: Yeah, inflation? absolutely. All right. I mean, I think there's, you know, two big catalysts this week, right? We have the inflation data, and then we also have the start of earnings season. Yeah. Um, It's interesting, actually, if you take a little bit of a step back, if you think about where we were in the middle of June, right, we're pretty much unchanged, right? So it's been four months, Right? And the, the market is, you we're down 1% from the June lows, right? So what we've done is mark a lot of time at this point, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, Fed policy get more aggressive. We've now got another 75 basis point rate increase under right. our belts. And we're getting a little bit closer to kind of coming out of that process, right? So that's not terrible.
0: Right, it's not terrible. It's not great though. I mean, oh, we yeah. could try and, you know, sort of paint this with a broad brush but the truth is people are losing money on the 401k and IRA and I'm all about trying to stay optimistic because it was paper money right the money you made last year was on paper unless you sold so I, I get it what you're saying Um, We still have, you know, the geopolitical tensions that are are happening over there in Eastern Europe. And it just is worrisome at the same time to have that, have inflation, have these high rates. I mean, there are a lot of folks that are now leading companies that don't even know how to navigate through this environment because they've never really been in it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I've got a lot of gray hair and this is an environment that, you know, that I've never been in. Right. So, you know, there's... A whole generation of traders who have never really been, you know, in in an investment environment where you have kind of rising interest rates, dealing with inflation. Right, so yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of people you know really trying to kind of get their sea legs underneath them at this
0: point. Right. Tell me a little bit about the circuit breakers. Is that something that you have here and how they work so people can understand? Yeah, a I mean I mean we haven't that.
1: seen a circuit breaker since yeah, yeah kinda you know twenty twenty. And
0: with the S P moving a tenth yeah, yeah, of a percent, yeah, I don't think we need yeah, to worry yeah, so about it. they are in place, yeah, right? The,
1: yeah, they are in place and, and you know we have the triggers for the S P five hundred you know, when when the S and P 500 you know draws down a particular right. percentage, and then we halt markets. Right. You know, but but at, at this point, you know, that's hopefully that's not something we're going to see anytime soon.
0: Tell me about earnings season, because I mean, there are some folks who are expecting earnings to be a little weaker. They're really focusing on guidance and what CEOs really say going forward. It was uh, obviously troubling to folks to hear from Jamie Dimon, who has his his finger on the pulse in the banking world and really giving us this recessionary outlook. Um, with little to hope for, but I you, are you expecting an array of guidance? I mean, what are you expect? Right. So, I mean,
1: this feels like a very similar setup to what we saw in Q2, right? Mm-hmm. We have very negative sentiment heading into earnings season. Yeah. We've now seen earnings estimates cut by according to facts that by almost seven percent since the end of June, right? That's two times what we've seen historically uh, over the last 20 years, right? So you have negative sentiment. You know, Markets are don't necessarily believe the estimates that are out there, right? So we're seeing Q3 estimates cut, Q4 estimates cut, but the market doesn't believe the optimism that's still built into 2023 numbers. Right. Um, the question is whether this is going to be that quarter that we do start to see companies really take down guidance. It didn't happen last, qu- you know, in Q2, right. and we saw the reaction in the market. Uh, you know, you can argue if you actually did start to see companies reset guidance, right? That from there, you can watch how stocks are really trading to understand what's really priced into the market at this point because yeah. the street doesn't believe 240 anyway. Right. right? So if you start to see a positive reaction to stocks when they cut guidance or they're not getting hit too hard, yeah. right, that may suggest that we're you know, we're getting a little bit closer.
0: And how about this? I mean, oil's still below $90 a barrel. I know it ticked up last week, but um, you know we're not at $110 on oil. I mean, that should give some reprieve too.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, with what we heard from OPEC last week, right, I mean, you know, Cutting production, right, right, 2 million barrels a day, right. Yeah, but that 2 million barrels per day is not really what's truly going to come off the market, right, because people aren't hitting their production targets anyway. Um, You know, that has helped, and it's helped the consumer. You know, we're moving in the wrong direction, you know, at this moment. Uh, you know but but it's hard to see kind of the, the you know, with the demand picture and the, the slowdown on, in the global economy, it's really hard to see oil trading you know, significantly higher at this point and that should help you know kind of on the inflation side on you know for the consumer. Right.
0: You know. right And you'll have the strategic petroleum reserves that they're still releasing some. I mean I know that's sort of band-aid story, but it is there and it did help a little last time. Um, last but not least, are we leaving anything out um, that that you're watching? Are you watching key levels on the S&P 500? I mean, I know so, a lot yeah. of people are looking at 3,500 and
1: your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, we've been holding it at what I think is kind of an interesting level, right around 3590, 3600. Yeah. And that's the 200 um, month, the 200-week moving average, right? So we've been holding right around there. Right. Uh, below, as as you pointed out, kind of 3500 is also a pretty interesting level. That's where we broke out from, kind of post the elections. It's also a 50% retracement of the S&P 500 from the you know, pandemic lows to yeah. the highs. So that's an actual, you know, that's actually a 50% retracement. And then if you kind of look a little bit below that, you have 3400, you know, which is is pretty much the highs before the pandemic, right? So that 3,400 to 3,500 is kind of the next level to pay attention to, kind of on the downside.
0: All right, so we'll be watching that. And hey, you never know, there could be upside too, based on some of those uh, findings that go all the way back from 1970 and even some of the post-World War II stats that you were telling us about. Michael, thank you. Always love when you're on with us and provide an array of thoughts, right? It's not all bad. And uh, we appreciate that you're here with us today. Michael Rankin, thank you. you. Senior market strategist at the New York. Stock Exchange here.